0: Hey, you beautiful people. Thanks for checking in. Today's podcast starts off, as it always does, with a fashion tip for you. And at the end, we'll also have an artist that you should definitely be listening to. I talked to my buddy Yao, who has a lot of really cool interests. His career right now is in advertising. He's also a pretty big CrossFit enthusiast. But the main reason I have him on the podcast is to talk about comic books. And don't worry, if you don't know a lot about comic books, I'm kind of in the same boat. I don't really know a whole lot about it. I think we do a good job at explaining all the sort of details that we go over. And it's not just about those fine details in comic books. We're also going to talk about things like race in comic books, also sex in comic books. Not not actual sex between people. It's the gen like male and female kind of thing. Although, maybe next time we'll talk about sex in comic books. That sounds like a pretty good topic. Uh, without further ado, here's the podcast. Enjoy. Yao, a Tua friend, sometimes enemy, sometimes foe. I wouldn't really call myself an enemy. I actually would never call you an enemy.
1: No. Every <laughs> once in a while, I, I, I say to friends that I want to hate you because on paper, um, you would want to. Um, what but do you they, mean on paper? On paper. Oh, well, you're, you're, you're Oren. You have a lot of ho- hobbies in which you're successful at. <laughs> and many people want to be successful at just one of those hobbies, and you're successful at multiple
0: I don't know if I go that far. I'm, I I think I'm mediocre at a lot of things.
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna go that far for you. I'm <laughs> gonna I'm going to be the Kanye to your Jay-Z. Uh, I appreciate that. Yes. I
0: appreciate We're going to go on a world tour then.
1: Yes, we will. And we'll, I will we'll, talk about how awesome the world tour is, we'll, and you will uh, talk about business. Oh, uh,
0: perfect. Yes. What would we call it? Big <laughs> in the peninsula? We would. All right, perfect. We would. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we can also swear on the show if you want. We can. I'll, I'll be bleeping everything out, so it's all good
1: I will probably swear a few times as, as the topics that we plan to discuss get me a little passionate. I won't lie.
0: <laughs> Not a problem. I'm <laughs> so. um, super glad he came down. I wasn't too far of a truck for you. I hope not. But, I mean, you got a lot of cool passions. You do a lot of cool things. Before we get into any of those, right, right off the top, I want to give you everyone out there a quick fashion tip, as I do every week. This one is pretty easy. Don't assume. Always try on. No matter what it is, just try it on. Every clothing spot has those rooms where you can see if it fits or not. Don't just grab it off the rack. and be like, oh, I got it. Too well. you got, you got, you, you're a pretty interesting dude. Because, right? I mean, I've known you now for about seven or eight years. And is it? I, th- I feel like it's I at feel least. feel
1: like it's been. Uh, it's. I feel like it's been decades.
0: I feel like it's been a lifetime. It has been because yeah. <laughs> we first met uh, working at Moxie's together, yes. and then uh, along with our, our buddy Mike, Also it became like a, a bit of a yes. trio.
1: Oh, uh, shout out to Mike! Uh, <laughs> you will be listening, so. <laughs>
0: uh, and Mike, you know who you are. Yes, and so we started with that. Then, I mean. Unless you had a bit of odd jobs but you were sort of really trying to find your way to break into maybe the art scene because you went to school for for sciences for
1: I went to school for health sciences and then I went to film school um, my path to my career which is currently advertising is not direct but at the same time for advertising you have to understand a lot of different fields like you should end like I work in auto advertising yeah there's no direct schooling you're not gonna go to school to study, like, the auto industry and how people kind of react to the auto industry and how, like, maybe a mom or a nurse would buy a car as opposed to, like, a Bay Street suit and tie finance yeah. specialist would buy a car. So it's, it's good to kind of go around in advertising to have many different experiences and bring that all together.
0: But I think it's kind of cool because the way at least I think of <laughs> advertising is what I see in Mad <laughs> Men. It's kind of like there's one person at the top, a couple of people putting a lot of these really cool ideas forward. Uh, what part of that process are you in for advertising? Like, do you get a, are you in the boardroom? Do you get to like, throw out ideas? I'm like, we should do this crazy shit, or we should have somebody jump from a plane. It's weird because I do a lot of social media and advertising, yeah. which
1: is if you if you talk to some people in it, it's like that's the future, and you've talked to other people, they're like, it's it's kind of an afterthought. And so uh, there's some boardrooms I get in right away, and some boardrooms I get in like the next iteration. Mm-hmm. Um, but at my agency, because they're very digitally minded, uh, which is why I'm there, uh, one of the many reasons why I'm there, I get in early. So there's a lot of, like, my crazy, wacky ideas, which have sold through and and parts of them you will see on my clients. I'm not going to mention too many of them because you never know what will happen. But, uh, but at least I can have my ideas put forward and kind of see how they turn out and go to fruition.
0: Yeah, I've always had a thought of I mm-hmm. think some of the best advertisers would be if you could somehow contract like five comedians to get into a room and, and if you want, and if you're in digital space, I'm not sure if it works as well for that, but for like an actual like TV pitch, I bet you if you got five comedians into a room, like five pretty good ones, they'd come up with some crazy. Shit. You know what? To
1: expand on that, I think it would be great uh, across the board for a whole brand. So if you got five comedians in the room, because a comic, their job is to basically connect real life situations to everyday people. Yeah. Not every person, um,
0: But to the masses.
1: Yeah, to the masses. Not every single person has uh, an experience, you know, getting arrested by police um, or being stopped by the cops or is black. But for some (laughs) reason, those comics make it work on a big audience. So, like, not everybody's a parent. But if Kevin Hart talks about, you know, his daughter being a jerk, everyone seems to laugh and get it. So if you put five comics in a room, say, hey, let's talk about this. This bowl of Cheerios, for example, and how awesome Cheerios could be for a bunch of people. I'm sure they'll come up with some great medium idea that can work across all platforms. So it'll be print, digital, TV, and radio, and and make it work. I I would like to do it. So
0: so there it is. That's that's your focus for next year?
1: My focus is to get five comics in a room?
0: It's to get five comics in the room like just for like an hour and a half.
1: I'm just going to sit in the corner and giggle and steal their ideas. Yeah,
0: toss out ideas, and then yeah, just contract them.
1: Yeah. Um, if I'm stealing ideas, I might call call myself Dane Cook. But
0: yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's definitely listening to this podcast. This podcast. Uh, he's the uh, number one listener, of course. Uh, so you're doing that now. You're in you're in advertising. You're loving that. Another big passion of yours, and the reason why I think not so you're on this show, but you're on the show because you're my friend. But you <laughs> yeah. you have a lot of great ideas, a lot of great perspectives on the entire Marvel universe. So I think this podcast, <laughs> let you know from like right now, it's gonna be filled with a whole lot of whole lot of comics. <laughs> And yes, yeah, mm-hmm. I, I don't I'm not sure where to start on this. I'll start by saying you're wearing an X Men shirt.
1: I am wearing X Men shirt, <laughs> which is a whole other issue. Um, I it took me a while to find X Men shirt that I really liked. Uh, I found this one and I stretched it like the very first day in the sleeve. Um, so I spent a lot of time like trying to shrink it but, and make it, it work. We, we should
0: probably say you're like what six one two twenty. I
1: am. I, I I would love to say six one, but I'm six zero okay. 220, Yes. So you're a big boy. Mm.
0: I, yeah, you're a big boy. You're you're a CrossFitter.
1: I, I I like to lift, keep myself physically fit in case the zombie apocalypse were to ever happen. But, I will be safe.
0: But you know what though, mm-hmm. you you don't know like about you and your CrossFit. You don't you don't f- talk about it all the goddamn time. I <laughs> you you you're a normal person. You're not yeah, someone because you know what it is. I think you've mellowed. I think that <laughs> I've never known you to speak a lot about it. But I think that you've been in it long enough now and doing it for years that you don't need to get that boost from the public like hey i got a crossfit <laughs> oh you got a crossfit like crossfit is now becoming a, a meme of itself in a weird way it it
1: you know what it's hilarious if you talk about uh it's like crossfits and vegans like those are the people that you yeah. know a mile away uh they like to talk about it and uh, to uh, understandably i mean it's it's good to be passionate about such a thing but um, i've been in this long enough and even before i was in crossfit there's some things that are just laughable about it, yeah. like. They, there's CrossFit joke videos and you can watch them and you're like, you know what? I know hilarious. a guy I know a guy that's <laughs> that serious. Like everybody <laughs> everyone knows the person that like they play pickup hockey with and they think a scouts in the stands or you play pickup basketball with or everything is super serious. And in CrossFit it just seems like there's a little bit more of those guys. Um because there is opportunity. There's opportunity to like do something and compete in athletics yeah. outside of high school. Oh for sure. In your and high school was the glory days. I mean <laughs> Al Bundy <laughs> would tell you that. Yeah. I, I'll tell you that, too. I, I haven't competed in all Ontario since high school, but it's it's good to have that kind of realm. But at the same time, those guys are hilarious, the the ones that take the world way too seriously. And then you got the people that have taken too seriously and taken a step back and go, oh, okay, this is this is about the level. Those are guys that uh, I really trust. Yeah, They generally open gyms at that point, and they understand the whole realm spectrum of fitness
0: it, across the board. It kind of reminds you of when uh – you want to feel like you're young i've seen a uh some e-card about it Mm -hmm. oh when i'm turning 30 i feel like i'm 20 until i hang out with 20 year olds and like yeah nope i'm 30 that's i think that's kind of the same the relative message with that with crossfit it's
1: exactly (laughs) it you're like oh man i'm a crossfitter and sometimes i don't feel like a crossfitter and then i'm a crossfitter and then i realize who other crossfitters are Mm -hmm.
0: and um, so one day i will do a crossfit and um one day i will pass out and probably puke from doing crossfit you will you
1: will do just fine um I advise anybody to, if you if you want to, uh, you can ask me on Twitter at Yao Experience Done. Uh, what gym you should check out and who to look out for. But there's there's a bunch of CrossFit gyms I would totally recommend to people uh, across North America so far. Okay. So I know people across North America that I would throw some Don't. gym love at.
0: So the real reason you're doing CrossFit is that so you can actually become some something of a mutant. Like you want to be as strong as Colossus? Is I would.
1: I was uh my aim originally was to be like Luke Cage, uh,
0: Luke. Sorry, who's you know? Luke Cage?
1: Oh man, so Luke Cage, Power Man. It will be coming to Netflix next year. Power Man. Power Man. Well, they I don't think they'll refer to him as Power Man, but um, Luke Cage is a superhero in the Marvel Universe. Uh, he is a street level superhero. So there's a couple thing Okay, okay so let's let's break down a couple of things there, because
0: yeah. you said Marvel. The two big universes are Marvel and DC, right? Those are the two big ones. Yes, yeah, there are smaller ones, but those are the two biggest, well-known, the ones that make a lot of money.
1: Those are the ones that are banking.
0: Yeah, and then you said street level. So what, are, what what's the hierarchy look like in that?
1: So well, a lot of people, when you're talking about superheroes, there's. There's your your space-type superheroes, so you have your Guardians of the Galaxy, you have your Captain Marvel, who fight, and your Fantastic Four, who generally fight aliens. Um, The X-Men are like that. They fight aliens, and Outerworldly, some bigger guys. Um, Then you have your, like, you know, global threat heroes, which are, like, Captain America, um, to an extent. I mean, he's, like, lowest chain, but Captain America, you have your Iron Man, you have your Thor, who's still Outerworldly, those bigger ones. Okay. Um, and then you have your street levels, uh, your most popular street level superhero being Spider-Man. He generally fights crime in the, within his own city, yeah. like the thugs and the, the bosses and the mob bosses. And, and even though I, Spider-Man is epic and he has had some outerworldly adventures, he generally fights crime in New York City. Like his thing is supervillains that are confined with the, within the borders of the Big Apple. Like Spider-Man isn't going to Boston to say... <laughs> people he's not going coast to coast and iron man for example um he's got a house on both coasts he's going back and forth uh those guys are doing w- missions around the world yeah the avengers so
0: you know i love about spider-man is like it seems as if the police hate him police aren't too fond of him now with the reputation that the nypd has i bet you they'd be like oh yeah, yeah 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 no spider-man spider-man did it yeah, yeah. yeah. no spider-man yeah. killed that black man yeah yeah no, no, no garner I, that was all that was, Parker. Yeah, it was uh, <laughs>
1: vigilante heroes uh, like Spider-Man. We're, we're just trying to keep the peace. and I, I can imagine that it was an easy buck to pass for them. Definitely. It, it, they're, they're grasping at straws. So anything for good PR. But.
0: And I think these past few years have been pretty exciting for, for movies especially. I mean, Avengers yeah. set records. They, they yeah. rebooted the, the Spider-Man franchise, which we'll have a conversation about that as well because not everyone is thrilled with the, uh, with the Garfield uh, Spider-Man, but there's that. And yeah. another, another Avengers movie coming out. Iron Man movies you cannot lose with those. Um yeah. and maybe the weakest one, probably the Wolverine, probably one of the weakest ones out of the out so of the bunch. The, the
1: the Fox the Fox Marvel franchises have um taken a hit, if you if you were to say.
0: So we, we should break we should break that down because certain mm-hmm. big studios yes. have rights to certain superheroes.
1: Yes. Um which is good, this is gonna tie things together and make things kind of make sense. I mean it's still kind of confusing, kinda makes sense. Uh, so Spider-Man, the rights of Spider-Man are are possessed by Sony. Sony owns the rights to Spider-Man when it comes to a cinematic experience. And then uh, they own everything that's in the Spider-Man universe. So if it came from Spider-Man or is related, directly related to Spider-Man's vein, they own it. Yep. So this will include uh, the Sinister Six, like all the villains in that world. This is, includes Venom and Carnage, who are cool and important that people want to see on big screens empire state university which was kind of a big deal i have no idea what that is it's the school that peter parker attends after high school as well as ta's at through most of his career he was he's more of a college age superhero as opposed to high school which i always get a little irked hearing the news that when spider-man is going back to marvel they want to put him back in high school he doesn't spend a lot of time in high school and frankly most of his big storylines happen when he's college days and let's be honest like Someone can stay 2022 20, for longer than they could stay in high school. For sure. Um, you can play cinematically, you could play someone um, being in university for a long time because people need to discover themselves and take time off and don't finish all the credits. So you, the college experience can last longer, um, I feel like, is really relatable. And high school's just been overdone. They've taught it twice. So I'm hoping Marvel changes their mind on their decision to keep him in. Put him back in high school, but it all depends on what Spider-Man they end up using.
0: Wait, we, well, I mean, we can stay on Spider-Man for a quick second longer. We can,
1: we can stay on Spider-Man. Okay, let's for...
0: let's talk about what we really want to talk about. Uh, Black Spider-Man.
1: <laughs> Black Spider-Man.
0: Black <laughs> Spider-Man. The the well, thing that keeps the internet uh, yeah. lit ablaze. Well, what are the odds <laughs> that Childish Gambino, aka Mr. Glover, is gonna play Spider-Man, or that they're gonna have a Black Spider-Man? Because the comic book already has one, right? The comic
1: book has Miles Morales. So Miles Morales was actually designed with um, Donald Glover and Barack Obama in mind. So they kind of put those two together.
0: That's hilarious. Yes.
1: And he's part Puerto Rican. Uh, The internet will shoot me if I got that wrong. Part part Puerto Rican, part (laughs) black. And yes, but he's a high school age kid who also has spider powers. He got bit by the same type of spider that Peter Parker got bit by. It was stolen out of the same type, not the same spider. Um, It was stolen out of Norman Osborn's lab by his uncle and... He got connected to it, and now he has spider powers. They're slightly different than Peter Parker's, but they're spider powers. And it was just basically uh Marvel Universe's answer to updating comic books because, like, I mean, let's face it. They're pretty. Not, they're pretty white. Like, they're,
0: they're, they're pretty white. They're pretty white. They're pretty whitewashed. And like, I mean, I'm trying to think of it right now Samuel L. Jackson's character in Shield, which isn't supposed to be black, is like the only black Nick Nick. What's the name? Nick Fury. Nick Fury. Yes. He's, He's white, isn't he, in the the comic books? Yes, in the Marvel... So Marvel's main universe
1: is known as the 616 universe. Can't remember exactly how they got the name, but it's the 616 universe. And in 616, uh, Nick Fury Fury is white. In the Ultimate universe, which has a different number, again, I can't remember off the top of my head... uh, He's black, and they designed him after Samuel L. Jackson, hoping that in, if they ever brought him to the big screen, that he'd play him.
0: He'd do it, okay. Um, so I, I guess I'm kind of wrong about that. He's he's white and black. He
1: is white and black. Okay. So in one universe he is black, and one universe he is white. Um,
0: but I mean, there there was a problem there with getting black actors, or sorry, superheroes that are black to play that. Like there aren't very many superheroes that are. Hey, look that's representative of my culture or of anyone. It's just for the most part, white men and women. Yes. And
1: you got to understand that comics started in like, the twenties, thirties, forties. And like, who's buying comic books at a time? I mean, sure. at yeah. the time, like disposable income for, for the African American at the time, like was nil. Like everything was spent on like living and, um, getting adjusted to now free life and, you know, fighting the powers that can be, uh, and white people had all the disposable income. That was the target market. So people like buying media that they look at and like that could be me, or that kind of looks like me. So that's why heroes are blue-eyed, brown hair, blue-eyed blonde superheroes sure. across the board. I mean
0: But I, I hmm. will also argue and say that even for the most part, and it could be because they don't do really well in in studios for whatever reason, but there aren't very very many female leads either. It's, it's, I mean, you can kind of bring it to the same thing where a lot of girls didn't really read comic books initially. But in this day and age, kind of feels as if there should be a little something, something for, there's, for there's,
1: the women. I 100% am behind, like, diversifying media across the board. For starters, the, they made Thor a woman. So the hammer of Thor in the comic books is now in, in possession of a woman. And the female Thor, as opposed to male Thor comics, are outselling. So the female Thor comic is outselling the male co- comics. It's doing very, very well. And well, it's really believable. Like, let's it, think about this for a second. You're talking about a a Norse guy from an outer worldly planet who has a hammer and controls lightning, and you're talking about how realistic it is for it to be a man or a woman. It's, it's,
0: it's, a it's I, but I but I see that point. Thor, before these movies come out, before the Avenger movies and the Thor movies, no one knew who the fuck Thor was. No one so knew Thor that. was an afterthought for a lot of people. They weren't the Spider Man, wasn't the X Men. So no. I, I think if it does mean so little Right, if we're if we're gonna argue about this existential universe and these people, yeah. like why not make it a woman? And I I think it's probably because people don't. Studios know what make money, and studios will likely likely go to to what's made their bed and butter, and that's gonna be the men.
1: Well, that's that's the thing. So, comic books on screen are gonna make money. Um, uh, and we'll talk about this when we talk about how many trailers have come out for for Avengers and people what people are saying about that, but. If you put Spider-Man on screen, whether it's Donald Glover or Andrew Garfield, people are going to go watch it. People want to see a Marvel Cinematic Universe Spider-Man interact with Captain America and Iron Man. If you put Marvel behind it, people are going to watch it. The first season of S.H.I.E.L.D., to me, wasn't the best thing on TV. And I think if you talk to most comic book fans, they would agree. But a lot of them stuck around because that's a Marvel vetted project. That's something that connects with the universe. There's going to be hints and Easter eggs in that show that's going to spread out to throughout the universe. That's cool. If Marvel says, hey, this is part of our universe and this is what we're bringing to screen, people will gripe and complain and then they'll go watch it anyway. So it doesn't really matter what they do in that sense. It's up to Marvel's now becoming a little bit more responsible and they're trying to diversify the universe as best they can without, you know, having riots at comic book star- shops and stuff, but you can uh, tell. Also,
0: I, I don't know if comic fans are the most riot-prone. <laughs> no, I. you know
1: what? I'm not really afraid of a comic book punch in the face. Um, I'm not really afraid of like, many people punching in the face. But has, there,
0: has there ever been a fight at a Comic-Con ever? I'm sure there has been. <laughs> and I wonder what it was over. I, I
1: it probably was over the
0: uh, I, limited edition whatever Pokemon card, shiny or Pokemon card. a
1: spot in line for Patrick Stewart to sign their Star Trek <laughs> Next Generation DVD collection. Yeah, once again, I'm not
0: making fun of nerds because I'm just saying I just he is a pretty passive people.
1: No, underneath all my jock, I I am one of the biggest nerds I know. But no one's afraid of their physical prowess. They they usually just go online and just spew uh, like spout obscenities <laughs> towards like minorities and women all the time so stuff like that needs to stop in, in my opinion it's just because they only see one type of face so they believe only one type of face is a hero and if you know comic book characters that were more diverse maybe they could see equate in their head that oh man maybe a woman could save the planet or maybe a black man could save the planet or Indian woman could save the planet It it really just a, a matter of them getting the media in front of them
0: yeah I, I would just i would say that i like to think that comic fans are not only affluent but I think that they're also like just well educated and I like to think that's what it is and I just don't see how <laughs> someone could i don't know cannot see that those worlds are not reflective and you know I think I bring it back to my to my childhood a bit because my mom would always buy the black version of everything. For, uh, for my sister, so Black Cabbage Patch Doll, try and find a black Barbie. My mom would love to buy black movies. It's like, I've seen Waiting to Exhale like 50 times. And How's that I got a groove back? Yes. I was too young to watch initially, but I eventually got to see it. Like, there are all these black movies that I was just brought up on, and so when I don't see a lot of black people in movies, I notice it pretty quickly. That, yes. like, wait, there aren't any black people in this. And it's is something that I've always known because my mom is, always pushed it whether that's a good idea or a bad idea it's also just kind of focus my attention on things
1: yeah i um just because i've seen there's media i've grown up on and like between i've grew up watching wrestling and i grew up watching football and reading comics and like when i watch a movie now i i generally watch to see the first scene of when a woman or a visible minority is in there and what's the first thing they do and that for me is like the most important thing um so if the first thing a woman does is, like, undress in front of a man, I'm like, oh, okay. There you go. That's the level where your movie is. Like, are women talking to each other? Or are they just talking about men? That's yeah. It's the, been online. The,
0: there's a test for that. The, the, virtual, back, the bir- birchal, birchal virtual test? test yeah. yeah. Um, so that's basically if the, the virtual <laughs> test is if a woman, if two women are having a conversation that isn't about love or about the man, Right. That's not the yes. the test.
1: It's a it's the it's a measure of female presence in a movie. So you need the first rule to have more than one woman in the movie. The second test is are they talking to each other? And the third is are they talking to each other about a subject that's anything but a man in love? Which is interesting because so many movies that you know and love fail. Yeah. Um, oh, even really good ones that I, sure. I thoroughly enjoy. And it's. It's not to say that they're bad movies or necessarily bad people. It just makes you think like you have to be a little bit more conscious about the media that goes out there. So definitely, there's comics, there's movies, like all this stuff can change. It's just like there's no big de- Superhero movies are science fiction and science fiction is like one of the easiest mediums for you to put an extra woman in there without actually disrupting what the world
0: is. like. The, yeah, disrupting this weird paradigm that some people have in their hands. But this this universe can't change. This universe can't
1: change. Like that's not realistic. Like we'll we'll go back to Spider-Man and some of the comics I've seen online. So it's funny because someone's like, "That's not Peter Parker. That's not Peter Parker in real life." I'm hold on for a second. Um, Where in real life is there a teenager that got bit by a spider (laughs) swinging around New York? I mean, they're doing all sorts of other like the strength. I could totally understand that point, but other than that, (laughs) (laughs) but it's about You've always suspended your belief, X amount of like X distance. Like you, you already believe that someone could be bit by a spider and have their genetic code changed, so now they can swing. (laughs) Um, so why not change your belief of who got bit by a spider and have them swing from?
0: And, And you know, part of it, I think, part of it too, something that would encapsulate all of this is that we're just used to it. Right, like, 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 we're just, we're just used to it, and that's kind of what we fell in love with, and so I, I can see how people can be upset about that part. I I'm not saying that's an excuse. I'm just saying maybe that's a look into the what into their heads as to why they're feeling that way.
1: And I and I get that because even I said the first time they were rebooting Spider-Man, they're like Donald for Spider-Man. And I was like, eh, I don't know personally. I was like, I don't know. I'm so used to Peter Parker being, um, you know, this brown-haired white dude, yeah. and then. You stop and think. It's like, what, is, what was it about Peter Parker that I really liked? I liked that he was a confused college kid who didn't know what he was doing with his life, who had all this power and all this responsibility and many different things to do. And that's this part of the Spider-Man I personally relate with. I don't care who it is. If you can embody that spirit, if you could be the nerdy underdog college student um, who has to balance like their personal life with their uh, personal responsibility of saving everybody— and make it believable, you can put anybody in there. I don't care if it is Andrew Garfield or Donald Glover. It could be any one of those guys. It will make me happy as long as it's done correctly. And he's not emo dancing in a club or has bad dialogue or has really weird endings like the last one. I could talk about the flaws of the last Spider-Man movie for days. It's been a while, so spoiler alerts
0: shouldn't Shouldn't apply, but no, I don't know. No, no. Mm. wait. Also, what's the threshold on spoiler alert? Because I feel like that's <laughs> a, y- I a year. We say a year. A year, with that's the exception the while.
1: for a movie. It's about a, for a movie. Uh, uh. I I can safely say if you haven't seen a movie within a year, it's your fault. If it comes to TV, I I like I like the air on the side of just not spoiling it. Because I know many people who haven't seen Breaking Bad yet, and frankly, you don't want to take that experience away from them.
0: I haven't seen Breaking Bad. See? And yeah. if I told you anything about it, you'd be like... I, I know how it ends. I know the exact premise who, of the show. Who did this to you? Who spoiled it The world. I will,
1: actually, I will hunt them down. I will end them, one the, the, by one. The world.
0: I, like I, know, <laughs> I know a lot of what happens in that show. I know the basic premise of the show, but the nuanced things, that the shared connectivity between you and other people who have seen the show, all those nuanced things, I'll have no idea what those are. Yeah. But... The overall arc of the show, I have pretty well down that.
1: It's oh, so upsetting. For <laughs> so upsetting. But oh, yeah. yeah.
0: We're talking about holes in the in Spider-Man. In Spider-Man, it
1: was, there's some just parts that are just folky and cartoony. So like at the very end, the city is under siege. Rhino is like blasting cops and trying to take over. And everybody who is basically in trouble in the line of fire is behind this magical guardrail. And this child comes out wearing a Spider-Man costume, kind of like. That shot of TM Square where he was like in front of the tank. tank yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's just in front of him, just like trying to stop this rhino. And Rhino is like, this little Spider-Man kid. Oh, he's so cute, he can't stop me. And then Spider-Man walks out casually and goes, Thanks, little buddy, for, for holding off this very violent and destructive criminal. Go back behind the magical guardrail and stand with the crowd that's watching this fight. Um <laughs> it drives me nuts because like you you have this whole world where like there's things coming out around you, but everybody's okay as long as you're behind the guardrail. Parts like that really bugged me. And there's like some things that are folky. Green Goblin, Harry Osborn, the guy who played Harry Osborn, he was, he was doing just a fantastic job until, you know, basically his dad was like, I hate it. I hate everything about you. Here's my life work.
0: <laughs>
1: if, you, if you watch the movie, it's just basically his dad's dying. Uh, Norman Osborne's dying, who, who doesn't make a presence in the movie, who is a much bigger villain than his son, than people realize. Yeah. Um, and not just in Spider Man's universe, but the Marvel universe in, as a whole. He's just dying, and he's just like, I never liked you. I never liked anything about you. You're a <laughs> failure. I'm just embarrassed to even have you come out of my flesh balloon.
0: It is rough.
1: And then he's just like, on his dying, this last thing he says to him is, Here's my life's work. You're also dying it's going to be faster with you than it was with me because I didn't care about you. And then he just croaks. And it's just like stuff like that that doesn't hold up, which is a shame because Emma Stone and Andrew Garfield are freaking amazing. And it's going to be sad to see them go, even though I still hold out hope that somehow um, Andrew Garfield will go to the Marvel Cinematic Universe. If it's not him, then it's Donald mm-hmm. Glover. So, uh,
0: so, you know, what? I think it's a good place to end it for now. Uh, we'll definitely have you back. Well, my, you, you want to come back to talk more on Marvel.
1: We will we'll have to. We'll have to. We're there's so much we can cover.
0: There's so much we can cover. Um I wanna do this. Your your song of the week, the song that you should definitely be listening to, is by a woman named Tink. T I N K. Uh she's a she's a, a rapper and a singer, so kinda does both and does it really well. She's kinda controversial in the way that she did she recorded a song with Jay-Z and Rick Ross. Right? Ho oh, oh, Ross with with uh with big oh. Ricky Rose. And sort of with that the song was originally just just Rick Ross and Jay-Z. Tink came on afterwards, raps better than both of them on the track, and then Timberland leaks that one out to radio station. Now Rick Ross gets angry because he was like, he was led to believe that his version was the original, and everyone is led to believe that the Tink one is the original. So a bit of a controversy around it. All that stuff doesn't matter because Tink absolutely kills it on this track. You love hip hop, he love this. Anything else? Um, I, uh, I think we're good, peace.